Reverend Carlo Jensen from the Willoughby Heights Canadian Reformed Church has prepared this morning's sermon and has chosen as his text Ephesians 1, the verses 11 and 12. Let us now read this text. In him we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things according to the counsel of his will, so that we, who were the first to hope in Christ, might be to the praise of his glory. After the reading of this morning's sermon, we will sing from hymn 31, the stanzas 1 and 2. Dear children of God, brothers and sisters in Christ, and guests, it is such a great thing to be in Christ. For those who are in Christ, as we read in Ephesians 1, have been blessed in Christ with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places. Those who belong to Christ, old and young, even a newborn child, are richly blessed. They have so much going for them. They can have so much certainty and joy and purpose in life. Every spiritual blessing is theirs in Christ. In the opening sentences of his letter, the Apostle Paul singles out four blessings in particular. First, he mentions the blessing of being chosen and predestined. God's choice for us gives us security in life, encourages us to be holy and pure before God provides us with a deep joy for all we need, we receive in Jesus Christ by grace. The second blessing mentioned speaks in particular to all that Jesus Christ has done for us. Christ is our priest. In him, we have forgiveness. Christ is our prophet. He makes known to us the mystery of God's will. Christ is our king. In him, all things in heaven and on earth will find unity. Jumping ahead to the fourth, verses 13 to 14, it focuses on what the Holy Spirit works in people's lives. He ensures the gospel is proclaimed far and wide, even to the Gentiles living in Ephesus. He works faith in the hearts of God's chosen. He empowers believers to live well and do good, thus sealing them for eternal life in God's presence. Three blessings, what the Father does, what the Son does, what the Spirit does. There's another blessing yet, a fourth one, mentioned as a third, tucked in between the Son and the Spirit, the words of our text. This is the blessing that focuses on us, human beings. Not that this is the blessing of what humans do, rather it's the blessing of what God does, not for us, but to us and through us, with this blessing, the focus has switched from the divine to the human, from God as the one who blesses to humans as the one, ones who are blessed. Hear the good news of eternal joy this morning. We have been blessed to live with hope. We consider, first, God is the origin and goal of this life. Second, 
Christ is the location of this life. And third, we are the ones to live this life. God is the origin and goal of this life. The question of life, everyone in some way will ask them. Where did I come from? Why am I here? The question of purpose. The world around us figures there is no answer to that question. Some say it plainly. We live in a world of blind forces. We're the chance product of atoms and molecules, of chance and time. We're a fluke. When we die, that's it. Those who start to think a little more deeply about this begin to feel lonely, empty, purposeless. Most people, they suppress the question and don't want to face it. But it's there and it's real. Where did I come from? Why am I here? What journey are we all on? In a very compact way, our text has the answer to this question. Yes, I dare, I dare say the answer, for it is God, the creator of life, also of human life, who speaks here. Paul's eloquent words are not the product of human musings, but of spiritual inspiration. What Paul wrote is divine in every, day, every way. Through Paul, God himself tells us how we came to be and why we are here. Our attention is specifically drawn to four realities. God's will, God's counsel, God's work, and God's glory. When we think of those four, we don't just have answers to life questions. We have answers that encourage us, that cause us to live in love with hope. God's will. God's will is about what God wants. What about God's desire? It's so vital to realize that we are not an accident, not a fluke, nor are we a burden, something unwanted. God willed us. God wanted us. That's a blessing, for we can count on God being engaged with us. It sometimes happens that people receive a child they weren't looking to have. The child is born. They raise the child because, well, that's their duty, right? but their heart really isn't in it. As they raise their child, they keep thinking about what could have been had the child not been born. And the child senses it, even when parents do the best to hide something like that. That's not how it is with God. God wanted us. God willed us. This tells us God cares. God cares deeply for us. What a blessing it is to know that you are wanted to know that you are desired. God's plan. Truth is, though, desires aren't always realized. There are people who desire to hold a little one of their own in their arms. They can do all, they do all they can to make it happen. And there is a lot one can do these days, a lot. But there's never the guarantee that what we plan happens. Our plans can fail. Not so with God. With God, all things happen according to his purpose, according to his counsel. God has both a vision and a mission. God has a plan. God has had a plan since the beginning of time, since before the creation of this world. And all things are done according to that plan, according to God's vision, his purpose, according to God's mission, his counsel. 
That, dear people, is a very reassuring thought indeed. It sees us live not with uncertainty, but with hope. Whatever God wants, he plans for it to happen. He wanted us to obtain inheritance in Christ, and so he planned for this before the foundation of the world. He even planned that this person and that person would obtain it. Already before creation, God determined that you would be an heir to the kingdom of God. God's work. There's more yet. Another reality we should consider. Sometimes people desire a child and they plan for it and they receive a child. But then the child is not exactly what they desired. That can be cause for much misery and pain, especially for the child. Some parents even choose to end the child's life because their desires and plans did not come to be. But where God is concerned, his plans always come about correctly. We read in our text how God works all things. It sounds a little odd to the modern ear. Why not say God does all things? But the original Greek itself, Greek excess itself has this emphasis. God doesn't just do something. God works something. God is very intensely engaged in what he does accomplishing what he wants and plans. The original Greek emphasizes how what is worked by God is something which becomes permanent, for it is worked into reality. God brings it about. We could say God makes it reality. There's a divine energy in his working. Such power, such purpose, that what is brought about remains. God accomplishes what he wants and plans. Three realities that speak to the origin of our lives. God wants us, God planned us, and God shaped us. Each reality emphasizes to us how God loves us, how we are dear to God. God invests in our existence right from when time began. Each reality gives us security. What a blessing. We can live with hope, for we know from where we came. God's glory. We also know why we live. We know what the goal is of our life. We find it expressed with the last words of verse 12. We exist to the praise of God's glory. Everything God originally wanted, planned, and in the course of time executes is aimed to his glory. It's mind-boggling when you think about it. There's rhyme and reason. There's purpose to everything from start to finish. All things are from God. All things are unto God. That what makes, that's what makes sense of all things. That's what allows us to live with hope. This is reality for each one of us. Live for God's glory. What precisely is God's glory? The glory of God, the glory of the one true God is his love. The glory of God is that he gives himself for others. The glory of God is that he blesses people in Christ, his only begotten Son, with every spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. We live for the glory of God. We live to enjoy his love and to share that love with others. We know both our origin and our reason. What a blessing. Life has meaning and purpose. We live with hope. We come to our second consideration, 
God is the location of our lives. Christ is the location of our lives with hope. We now zoom in specifically on how God works out his will and plan unto his goal. How is the hope that we live with secure? It is secure because our hope is in Christ. The expression in Christ has to be taken very literally. The word in, in its most plain senses, indicates location. If someone asks, where are the pants? And the response is, in the bottom cupboard left of the fridge, then you know the location of the pans. The word in also has a color of being surrounded by something. We are in the church building. The floor is beneath us. The walls are around us. The roof is above us. This is where we are located. The expression in Christ has that flavor. Everything we have, we have in Christ. We don't have it of ourselves. We don't have it for ourselves. We don't have it in ourselves. We have it, but we have it in Christ. Two images may help to explain this. Say you have something very, very precious. For example, a diamond ring worth thousands of dollars. You might keep it in a safe at home, but you can also keep it in a vault at a bank. You have a ring in the bank. It's yours, but it's in the bank. You can't immediately produce it. More helpful yet is the image of an inheritance. It's the one we find in our text as well. An inheritance is something that has been promised to you. Say your parents have willed you a summer cottage. They owe it. It is certainly yours, but it is not truly yours as long as your parents are still alive. You have the cottage in your parents. That last one comes pretty close to what it means to have blessings in Christ. For everything we need with respect to Christ, we have in Christ. Christ lived the life of love we are to live. Christ died the death we should die for our sins. Christ did things for us. Christ did things in our stead. As he hung on the cross, we were hanging there in him. As his body was laid to rest in a grave, we were laid to rest in him. As he rose from the dead, we rise from the dead in him. As he ascended into heaven, we ascend into heaven in him. In Christ is crucial to make sense of our lives as we, live, as we live it from day to day. Thus it is that we confess and teach our children to confess, I am not my own, but belong to my faithful Savior, Jesus Christ. To belong to Christ is to be in Christ. Indeed, it's a truth borne out by baptism. For baptism signifies and seals belonging to God and is expressed as being baptized into the name of the triune God or being baptized in Jesus Christ. Even our little ones are in Christ. For children of God, being in Christ is an important everyday reality. It means we can be sure of God and live with hope. Our text has the expression, in Christ, twice. In verse 11, we read that in him we have, we have obtained an inheritance, having been predestined. We have been chosen in Christ before the foundation of the world. Because we have been in Christ from the very beginning, 
All that Christ has accomplished in the course of time is ours. Forgiveness of sins, everlasting righteousness, and everlasting life. All that Christ has is ours. Is ours as an inheritance. We don't have it all yet completely. It will be ours on the last day. The point is, it will be ours, no doubt about it. That, beloved, is, is the reason to live with hope. We are safe and secure, even for eternity. As our hope is in Christ, life never ends. Our hope is in Christ. I believe in Jesus Christ, who sits at the right hand of God the Father Almighty, who will come to judge the living and the dead, whose kingdom will have no end. Our hope, realize, beloved, that the word hope in the Bible is different from the word hope in the English language today. The English word hope suggests a conviction of something one desires but cannot see or know and is not sure of. I hope the snow conditions during spring break will be good for skiing. I hope to plant a garden this spring. The English word hope has an element of uncertainty. But the biblical image of hope is an anchor. An anchor is about certainty, for hope is about certainty. True hope is about something one cannot see. Just as with an anchor, you can't see what it's digging into. But an anchor holds the ship in place. Our hope is in Christ. We are anchored in Christ. We cannot see him now, yet we have absolute certainty. He is, true, he is a true stronghold. Beloved, do you see how the Christian life gives reason for confidence and peace? We don't trust our own abilities. We don't trust our own achievements. Nor are we at the mercy of whatever comes our way in life. In Christ, we are blessed with every spiritual blessing. Those who are in Christ have every reason to be confident. Whatever life may throw at them, indeed, nothing will be able to separate us from the love of God. You know why? Because that love is in Jesus Christ, our Lord. In Christ, we are secure. This brings us to our last consideration. We are the ones living with hope. Two things are said in our text about us, about Christians. The first is that we have obtained an inheritance. An inheritance is not something to you work at. It's something that simply comes to you, that's given you. In the Greek, the verb is in the passive, and at the bottom means to obtain by lot. Every suggestion that an effort on our part is involved is absent. The inheritance we receive is ours without any effort on our part. That's what the baptism of, of an infant also illustrates. An infant has done nothing, cannot do anything. Still an infant is in Christ. In Christ, the children of believing parents are holy. Sanctified in Christ is the phrase we use for that. They belong. They are heirs of the kingdom of God and of his covenant. Without their knowledge, they share in the condemnation in Adam and without their knowledge are received into grace in Christ. Children, as well as adults, belong to God's covenant and congregation. That's possible because to be in Christ, there's nothing one has to do. We have obtained an inheritance without any effort on our part. But this promise comes with an obligation. 
The second thing in our, our text says about us, about Christian, Christians, makes that clear. We are to have hope. That's active. That's something we do. We are called to hope, to anticipate the fullness of God's kingdom. We are called to faith, to have faith in Christ. For it is only by faith that we remain in Christ, as we confess with Lord's Day 7. Only those are saved who by true faith are grafted into Christ and accept all his benefits. One is called to believe as God gives ability to believe. Baptism reassures us we are in Christ. Baptism also calls us to remain in Christ by faith and to grow to maturity. Beloved, God calls us to take ownership of what we have in Christ. That's why parents have the duty to instruct their children, God's children, Christ's brothers and sisters in the faith. And that's why the church is called to support parents in this endeavor in word and deed. We are blessed to live with hope. Hope, the certainty of things we cannot see. Our hope is in Christ, and thus our hope is certain. For in Christ, God is working out his will and plan so that all things may serve the praise of his glory. We have done nothing to receive this rich blessing. We are saved by grace. We are called to live in hope. For thus we take and keep ownership, ownership of the blessings we have in Christ. Called to live with hope. That's not easy. That's why after mentioning this blessing, Paul goes on to mention yet a fourth blessing. The blessing of the Holy Spirit who works faith in us and seals us in holiness, guaranteeing us our inheritance as we embark on the journey of life, a life that is to last forever. We will not have to go it alone. None of us have to go it alone. God the Father is there from start to finish. In Christ, we are already more than conquerors. The Spirit is granted us to empower us. So entrust yourself to God. His blessings not only make life livable, but joyful and purposeful. Come to Christ and hope in the Lord. Amen.